Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Tuesday's AOL.com news headlines read, U.S. one of the worst countries for mothers. Here's the lead. According to the State of the World's Mothers 2015 report, the U.S. ranks last among developed countries when it comes to mothers' health. Having slipped two spots since last year, the U.S. comes in 33rd in the Mothers' Index rankings, one of the lowest spots held by any other comparably developed nation. In author Sherry L. Thurer's The Myth of Motherhood, How Culture Reinvents the Good Mother, she describes the experience of modern motherhood in North America. Had Tom Sawyer run away from home in the 20th century instead of the 19th, Aunt Polly would have been taken to task. Back in the 1800s, it was generally agreed by Tom's aunt and all the neighbors that Tom was foolish to run away from such a good home. A century later, the neighbors would likely have felt that Aunt Polly's home was not good enough. Psychologists and professional social workers would have evaluated her mothering, probably found it wanting, and might even have suggested another placement for Tom. After all the reasoning goes, children do not run away from good mothers. The dominant belief after the Second World War was that there are not problem children, only problem parents. Child rearing had become a perilous endeavor, a virtual setup for parental blame. It is no wonder that by the 1970s, when popular columnist Ann Landers asked her readers to write about their experience as parents, 70% of the voluminous number who responded reported that their experience had been negative. Part of the problem was the new onerous myth of motherhood. The message is maddeningly self-contradicting. Mothering is a blessing. Mothering is exhausting and thankless. Mothering is the most rewarding thing in the world. Mothering is torture. Good mothering is the most natural thing in the world. Good mothering is impossible. As the poet Rilke wrote in his poem, Sunset, sometimes it's a stone in us and sometimes a star. Slowly the West reaches for clothes of new colors, which it passes to a row of ancient trees. You look and soon these two worlds both leave you. One part climbs toward heaven and one sinks to earth, leaving you not really belonging to either. 
not so helplessly dark as that house that is silent, not so unswervingly given to the eternal as that thing that turns to a star each night and climbs, leaving you. It is impossible to untangle the threads. Your own life, timid and standing high and growing so that sometimes blocked in, sometimes reaching out. One moment, your life is a stone in you and the next, a star. Euripides' Greek myths of Medea and Agave got into the water, and it's been all downhill for mothers since then. There's a national obsession with bad mothering. We can all name the names of bad celebrity mothers. At the other end of the economic spe spectrum, society stands idly by in the face of bad mothering that is the product of bad government, a government that doesn't provide food, shelter, health care, maternity and paternity leave, and child care as a basic human right. Common to all bad mothering is the experience of being thrown into the deep end with no clue how to swim or being handed the most complicated some assembly required package with no instruction manual. I'm going to talk about good mothering today on Mother's Day. We'll get to good fathering on Father's Day. So what is good mothering? What makes a good mother? Author Eilat Waldman asked a few of her friends this question, and here are some of my favorite, qu favorite answers. The good mother lives only in the present and entirely for her kids. She has infinite patience, is always cheerful and never yells, manages not to project her own neuroses and inadequacies onto her children. Her children's needs come first. They occupy all her thoughts. Her day is constructed around them, and everything she does is done for their sakes. Her own needs, ambitions, and desires are relevant only in relation to theirs. And here's my personal favorite. The good mother is Mary Poppins, only related to you, and she doesn't leave at the end of the movie. In other words, being a good mother as defined by mothers themselves is impossible. Eilat Waldman continues, the good mother does not exist and she has never existed, not even in those halcyon bygone days to which the arbiters of maternal conduct never tire of harking back. If the producers of Leave it to Beaver had really wanted to give us an accurate description of late 1950s and early 1960s motherhoods, June would have had a lipstick-stained cigarette clamped between her teeth and a gin and tonic in her hand. Anyone recognize this? Yeah. Judith Warner, author of Perfect Madness, Motherhood in an Age of Anxiety, writes, this widespread choking cocktail of guilt and anxiety and resentment and regret is poisoning motherhood. Do I need to say that this really needs to change? <laughs> I do want to ask how we can work to change it, this culture of the impossibility of good mothering. Author Anne Lamott is one of the people who's trying. Anne Lamott is a single mother and recovering alcoholic with a pleasingly warped social circle and a remarkably tolerant religion to lean on. Her book, Operating Instructions, a journal of my son's first year, has been called 
the most honest, wildly enjoyable book written about motherhood, rocking between hilarity and poignancy, re she responds to the changes, exhaustion, and love her baby brings with a mix of aplomb and outright insanity. Operating Instructions is no saccharine pion to becoming a parent. It really captures the rage and befuddlement of mothering. And Lamott writes, we mothers are doing the best we can. We're all doing the best we can, and some days go better than others. I see that children fill the existential hollowness that many people feel, and when we have children, they, we know they will need us and maybe love us, but we don't have a clue how hard it's going to be. And it's a great experiment, she says, to wait and see what will come of it. With people, the result is almost always a bit of a mess. Changing the culture of the impossibility of good mothering begins with telling these truths. In her anointed essay, Women and Honor, Some Notes on Lying, poet Adrienne Rich writes, when someone tells me a piece of the truth which has been withheld from me and which I needed in order to see my life more clearly, it may bring acute pain, but it can also flood me with a cold, C-sharp wash of relief. We can change the culture of the impossibility of good mothering by making room for mothers to tell their truths and by ensuring that they don't feel that they are in it alone. A friend told me a story of a woman standing in line at a grocery store with a cart full of groceries and a toddler strapped into the little seat and as they advanced toward the checkout, the woman was speaking reassuringly, you know, it's almost our turn, Sophia. Don't worry, I know you're tired, honey. Just a few more minutes, Sophia. And when they finally reached the cashier, he greeted the child, hi, Sophia, you made it. To which the mother responded, oh, that's not her name, I'm Sophia. And Lamott, no one tells you that your life is effectively over when you have a child, that you are never going to draw another complacent breath. You get to tell people the truth about how this tiny person, how much you adore him, how insane you feel, how in love and how depressed, and how much he scares you, how everything scares you now. You will not want to tell most people how wasted and crazy you feel sometimes because you do not want them to think that you are a broken cuckoo clock of a parent but you probably are. We all are mad as hatters, to use the psychological term. You have to talk about what's real, she says. Talk about what's real with safe people. Otherwise, you are going to feel so isolated and deficient that it will damage your spirit. Raising a child is like pouring miracle grow on all your fears and character defects. When I began to understand how hard it is to get mothering right, it was so much easier to forgive my own mother. Really, when she laments her parenting of me, how can the right response be anything but, Mom, don't worry about it. I didn't turn out to be an axe murderer, right? We can change the culture of the impossibility of good mothering by making room for mothers to tell their truths, by ensuring that they don't feel that they're in it alone, and by encouraging the mothers in our lives. Part of that includes encouraging their delight in their kids. We can insist to mothers that their equanimity not by, be ruined by expectations, 
their own or others, or by some fantasy about whom they thought their kids should be or could be. It's such a setup. As it turns out, our children are not ours to make or break. They come with their own unique toughness and vulnerability, their own brittleness and resiliency, their own karma. We could all agree to surrender our expectations and just love our kids exactly as they are. Eilet Waldman writes, I think it's worth trying to be a mother who delights in who her children are, in their knock-knock jokes and earnest questions, a mother who spends less time obsessing about what will happen or what has happened, and more time in reveling in what is. A mother who doesn't fret over failings and slights, who realizes that her worries and anxieties are just thoughts, the continuous chattering and judgment of a too busy mind. A mother who doesn't worry so much about being bad or good, but just recognizes that she's both and neither. A mother who does her best and for whom that is good enough, even if in the end her best turns out to be not bad. Beloved spiritual companions, in the Mother's Index rankings, the U.S. occupies one of the lowest spots held by any other comparably developed nation. Being a good mother, as defined by mothers themselves, feels impossible. Think Mary Poppins. May we do our part to change the culture making room for mothers to tell their truths, ensuring that they don't feel that they are in it alone, encouraging the mothers in our lives, encouraging their sheer delight in their kids, delight without condition. We can change the culture of impossibility to possibility. Let's change it. Let's make as many days as possible. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, Please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.